Hello, and welcome to Scry. I am the Seer, and I will be your guide on this journey into the realms of darkness, shadows, and beyond. For our regular listeners, you may have noticed that we typically share multiple stories in each episode. But every now and then, we gaze into the obsidian mirror and view a story that warrants its own episode, much like we did with our very first episode. That is certainly the case this week, as we gaze into the experience that occurred to Alex, which he posted in a series of posts online. We've tried to smooth out any transitions between the posts, but the words are those of the author. Let's begin, shall we? Sometimes a place is just bad. I live in the woods in upstate New York, so it's desolate by city standards, but not truly desolate. You'd be hard-pressed to be half a mile from the nearest house or road, yet there's a place within walking distance that I can't force myself to venture into, and I've tried many times. A couple miles from my house, down an old logging road, the world ends. Let me paint you a picture of this place. A dirt and gravel road cuts through mixed deciduous forest alongside a pretty meandering brook. Hills rise up a hundred feet on both sides of the road, almost like the road is in a chasm, but with a more gentle slope. It feels like the forest is on top of you while you're walking, because it is. After a mile or so of this claustrophobic walking, the road ascends, leveling with the surrounding terrain. You'd think that would be comforting, but that's when the weirdness begins. Perched on the hillside, it's practically a cliff, An abandoned cabin hangs over the brook. It's in bad shape. Whoever built it did a damn good job though, because it's been vacant since the early 90s and still hasn't collapsed down the bank. Anyway, this cabin is straight out of a horror movie. Think Evil Dead. But the cabin is just there. It's not really scary, I don't believe in ghosts or anything supernatural, so I've never gotten the creeps from dilapidated buildings. Further down the road, that's when the creepiness creeps in. A half mile past the cabin, there's a plot of state land. It's fairly disused. In the fall, it gets some use by hunters, But other than that, it's basically another bit of woods. There's a dirt parking lot that fits way more cars than necessary. Aside from the occasional Department of Environmental Conservation truck, 
there's never more than a single vehicle in the lot. The old logging road on the state land rises steeply through the woods. A footing on the gravel can be a problem after a storm, but otherwise, it's not too bad. It keeps you away from the ticks, which is good in my book. And after a while, there's a firing in a tiny clearing on the right. Beer cans scattered around, but they look old. All the times I've walked up there, I've never seen fresh ash or charcoal from the fire. That might not seem weird if I didn't hear footsteps and twig snaps in the distance every single time I go there. I'm a curious guy, big into science and the natural world, so I've tried to force myself further up the hill. Every time, I stop about two or three hundred feet from the top. I'd never seen what's over the crest. All I know is my body physically shuts down. My legs quake under me. The closer I get to the top, the closer the twig snaps sound, and the more time seems to stand still. I can't recall hearing any bird chirps near the top, and now that I think about it, even the bugs seem to leave me alone. Like I said, the world ends. My hands are shaking as I type this. Today was the day. I finally forced myself up that hill. My heart was beating so hard, I thought it was going to rupture in my chest. I mean, I'm level-headed, and I don't normally get scared in the wilderness. But this was fear like I've never felt. Something was watching me. I didn't see it, but I didn't have to. I don't know if it was a bear, or deer, or a two-legged critter. I just know I wasn't alone up there. I crested the hill and saw something bizarre. Surrounding the trail, three cairns formed a triangular formation. Painted on each one in what I hope was paint were some kind of strange runic letters. I looked it up, and I think it was some form of Futhork, but my mind was racing, so I'm not 100% sure, and there's not a chance in hell I'm going back to look. I felt myself being pulled towards the cairns. It wasn't just gravity working on my wobbly legs. There was some kind of force propelling me down the hill. I don't even know how I stopped it. I think I fell to the ground and scrambled back up to the crest. But again, those few moments are a haze. I managed to get back down to the parking lot without incident. But the whole way, I heard the twigs snapping behind me. 
I didn't dare look. Running in sneakers on loose gravel down a steep hill isn't exactly safe. I needed to keep my concentration on my feet. The whole way home, I felt like something was following me. I never saw anything or anyone. A couple cars passed me, which gave me a little sense of relief, but once they were out of sight, the creepy feeling came back. Even now, typing this, I'm kind of worried something is outside my house. I keep looking out the window, and I keep seeing nothing. I don't know who or what is up on that hill. I just hope nobody else stumbles upon it. The strangest thing about the whole experience is that I'm not even 100% sure that it really happened. I've had this recurring dream. It's not scary enough to call a nightmare where something very similar occurred. In the dream, I crest the hill and there's this woman standing there just staring at me. She doesn't speak. She doesn't even move. Almost as if she's dead, but she's not slumped over or anything. And I don't know why, but it's like she's pulling me toward her. Like she needs me to rescue her from something. Does anybody know what that means? Is there something going on in my subconscious I should know about? Don't mistake me. I don't think I dreamed what happened today. I'm sure of what I saw. Maybe the woman in my dreams is who's watching me at that place. Why though? Why not just explain yourself if that's the case? I don't bite. Things keep getting weirder. I've been a wreck since Saturday night, unable to sleep for more than an hour or so at a time. For the past year or so, I've had a recurring dream. I'm accustomed now to waking up in a panic two or three times a month. It's never happened more than that, until now. For the past three nights, Every time I fall asleep, I seem to wake from the dream. We're talking 10 or 15 times since Saturday. The dream is changing. Before, the woman didn't move and seemed to be almost dead. Now, she waits at the top of the hill with her back turned to me, then floats toward the cairns. Yeah, the cairns are a new feature too. Upon passing between the piles of rock, she vanishes. It's not like a poof-she's-gone kind of thing. The best word to describe it is she evaporates. 
I'm seriously considering checking myself in for a psych evaluation. The problem is, my family, friends, and co-workers all seem to think I'm of sound mind. They haven't noticed any change in my behavior or demeanor. But I have. I can't get that chick out of my head. Someone asked if she's hot. I have no idea. She's got a nice body, I guess. Fit and toned. Unfortunately, I have never seen her face. It's always covered by her hair. Her clothes are pretty boring. Jeans and a green sweatshirt. I don't think that's strange, though. I've always had a hard time seeing faces in my dreams. And I think I might be projecting average images onto her. Maybe she represents women in my life in general. But that makes even less sense, however. I can't think of anyone in my life who needs rescuing. I was smart today. I drove my car to the state land instead of walking. I pulled in, turned around so it was facing the road, and then left it running as I got out. There's a crappy information board attached to one of the trees near the start of the logging road. I wrote a simple note and left it and a pen in a plastic bag tacked to the board. The note read, Who are you? What do you want from me? As I said, simple enough. If anyone is up that hill, I hope they'll respond. And hopefully it's not some kids yanking my chain. I ran to my car, beeped the horn a couple of times, and sped off. I'll check on the note tomorrow after I get home from work. We'll be back with Alex's story in just one moment as we take a break for our sponsor. As we return to the story of Alex, he is asked if he has ever considered the possibility that the woman is a murder victim wanting help in locating her remains. Alex would respond to this question and continue with his encounter. I don't believe in ghosts, so the idea that a murder victim is speaking to me from beyond the grave seems ridiculous. But yes, I have considered the extremely remote possibility. If that's the case though, I don't think it would be wise to stumble around the woods because I've heard footsteps in the area. Maybe the murderer is still hanging around. Anyway, I drove back up there today and checked the note. Not good. I really hope this is someone just messing with me, but I doubt it. When I said I thought someone was outside my house on Saturday, 
I think I was right. Written on the back of the note, in girly, i.e., neat and curvy handwriting, reads the following. Dear Alex, H shadow TXing sees all. H shadow TXing knows all. H shadow TXing is all. Whoever wrote that knows my name. I'm a look on the bright side of life kind of guy. And I guess the good news is it doesn't seem outwardly threatening. And if this person knows where I live, they haven't done anything yet. I'm not sure what they expect me to make of a cryptic message, though. I scoured Google for almost an hour tonight, searching 8ShadowTXene and different variations. Not a single hit. A co-worker and buddy of mine is a former Marine. He's like 6 foot 2 and 220 pounds. Whereas I'm a paltry 5 foot 9 and 150 soaking wet. I'm going to ask him to accompany back to the state land to take a bunch of photos. I don't know why, but I feel like I need to document this shit for my own sanity. And like I said, there's no chance I'm going up there alone. It's way too dangerous. On the plus side of all this, I slept okay last night. Not a single dream. I'm starting to think tackling this head-on is the only way to go. This is a mystery I need to solve. I've been burned out the past few weeks with work and other projects, but the dreams thankfully stopped, and I've changed where I take my walks in order to avoid the temptation to explore the state land. Just thinking about that place gives me the chills. For a week or so, after my last post, I debated asking my marine buddy to scout the location, but it seemed like too weird of a request. I tend to overthink stuff, and I'm fairly introverted, so it was basically impossible to broach the subject. I'm quite sure there is something up in those woods, but if someone came to me with a similar request, I'd suspect they were either crazy, or had a prank, or worse, planned once we were alone. This may seem a bit underwhelming after my previous experience, but I'm not complaining. And in case you were about to skim, the story doesn't end there. It gets weirder, but it's a different type of weird. I mentioned tackling things head-on previously. Yeah, I talk a good game and even psych myself up. But eventually, rational thoughts prevail. I do some astrophotography in my spare time, when the moon and clouds cooperate. Night sky shots basically come down to two things. One, a decent camera on a stable tripod and two, 
dark skies away from city lights. I've ended up driving an hour or so to a dark spot along a desolate road, only to find that I can't force myself out of the car. It's a stupid, irrational fear, but it's overwhelmingly powerful. Having your back turned to pitch black trees and your night vision destroyed by your camera's LCD screen is terrifying. I need to at least be able to see shapes to feel comfortable. The feeling I get near the state land isn't that dissimilar. It does, however, feel more dreadful. It's not really an adrenaline rush so much as the hair stands up on my arms and neck. I feel my heart racing and immediately begin thinking, run. The further I venture up the hill, the stronger that desire to run becomes. And that's why I haven't gone back again. I'm scared I won't run if I walk up that hill. One of these days, I'm sure I'll build up the courage to ask my buddy to go up there with me. It's weird. There's this spot in the Adirondacks I've camped at that's about as far from anything as possible in New York. It's insanely dark and equally as beautiful. It feels desolate, but there's nothing remotely scary about it. It feels like home. Then this state land that's almost literally in my backyard that is terrifying. I think it's pretty good evidence that something is definitely off about the place. The question is, what is off about it? The murder victim scenario has already been mentioned and I dismissed it, but perhaps that was premature. Before work got really heavy a few weeks ago, I couldn't put the woman from the dreams out of my mind. Even once the dreams stopped, she was still there. As creepy as it sounds, especially if she's dead, I became obsessed with her for a while. I'm not sure I'd go as far as saying I was in love with her, but it was a pretty strong crush. As I started thinking about it, I realized I've never had that feeling about fictional characters from books or movies or TV shows before. They're fake, and I know they're fake. Then I happened to go into Michael's to buy a picture frame. This was a few days ago, less than a week after I last posted. Since the dreams had stopped, I was starting to associate the woman with good thoughts rather than fear and dread. She was basically a pretty face. Anyway, I got out of my car and I walked towards the sliding glass doors. And suddenly, just like the state land, I had this urge to run. I spun around thinking I was about to be mugged, but nobody was near me. I entered the store and the feeling just got stronger and stronger. Something bad is about to happen, I kept thinking. Despite the dread, I picked out a frame and went to the checkout. 
the ditzy cashier was out of quarters and dimes. I don't remember the exact change, but it was something big, like 86 cents. She dumps the pile of change into my hands, and of course, it spills all over the nasty, hasn't been mopped since 1991 tile floor. So I bend down to pick it up. The plate glass windows are mostly covered, but between a bunch of the crap they have in front of them, I see a woman standing inches behind me with a nasty smirk. It was a chest-grabbing moment. I tried to spin, but hunched over like I was, I only managed to topple onto my side and pull a muscle in my lower back. As I was laying on the floor, I craned my neck enough to catch the woman disappearing into an aisle about midway to the back of the store. I don't think I have to tell you who this woman was. Her face was exactly the same as the woman from my dreams. The same eyes, the same hair, even the same mole on her cheek. Since that day, I've tried to avoid thinking about the woman. It's hard. She has a hold on me, apparently. I was over her for about a week, and now she's running through my mind again. This is going to sound weird, but maybe there's some kind of soft spot between parallel universes or something, and the woman is somehow able to travel through it. I mean, it's either that or I have a stalker. But what stalker stalks the woods. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how else to explain her vanishing act in the dreams. And no, I didn't check the store for her. I hobbled to my car and I sped home. I can deal with dreams. But dreams manifesting themselves into reality is something I'm ill-prepared for. Unfortunately, this is the last of the story that Alex shared, and we are left to wonder if he has had any more encounters with the mysterious woman, rather she be real or some spiritual entity. Perhaps his constant thoughts of this woman allowed her to manifest in the physical world or become a part of it. Is this woman a tulpa or something else? And what of the woods? And the three cairns, or the ruins that were painted on them, sadly, we just don't know. But as Alex stated at the very beginning of his story, sometimes a place is just bad. That patch of woods, and whatever may have resided inside them, certainly indicate that this is the case. Some places are just off and are not to be traversed lightly. Alex, should you hear this, please reach out to us. We would love to know if there is more to this story. And with this, it is time to close the portal and end our seance of sound. 
If you have had an encounter and would like to share your story, you can submit it on scrypod.com or send it to scrypodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a message at 573-203-8668 or leave us a way to contact you with a link in the show notes. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whichever service you've used to listen to us. And we would also like to thank the insanely talented Iran Horrors, who designed our logo. Check out his work on DeviantArt. I always like to close with a recommendation for another show, something to help you scratch that supernatural itch until our next release. And this week, I would like to recommend Scared to Death, featuring a husband who tells his wife true ghost stories in an attempt to scare her. Remember, all stories on Scry are purported to be true. But for now, we must close the gate. And as always, say goodbye. This is Scry. Scry.